Before we kick off this award-winning show, have we won an award? <laughs> have we won anything yet? Yeah, we have. What? What do we? What do we want? My mom calls it the best show on on YouTube. <laughs> she does. She handed okay. out a, a ribbon. Then I stand corrected. <laughs> you stand correct. We've won JB's mom's praises <laughs> on the Real Kipper and Born show. I am Nick Kiprios. He is Justin Bourne. They are Derek Brandeo, Jennifer Rolnick, and Sammy McKee. Sammy, who's sporting a little Buddha hat today. Did we call each other up and say we're wearing our little Buddha hats? Uh, no, but... Buddha buckets. You, yeah. um, you graciously gifted this to me. Actually, to my wife, but I like it. And you so. stole it. <laughs> yeah, it's just, stole it's it. a really nice hat. It's great. Uh, it's got a nice stretch to it, so now I'm wearing it. JB, you don't have one? No, but I'm not. You, you don't drink, so. I'm not, I'm not in the cool kids club, for sure. So. Well, listen, I can still support your brand. I'm push it out there. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't worry about it. Don't worry don't about it. my endorsement. Um, before we move on, just a little house cleaning, because our good buddy, Luke Fox who we haven't heard from um, because he's on vacation until uh, the Leafs make the playoffs. No, it's because he berated he, him he, last time he was on the show. No, he just wrote them off, right? <laughs> Is that it? He gave up. Yeah, he just wrote them off. But he came to my rescue a little bit yesterday because he said, I was listening to your podcast and Bunting and McDavid were tied for five-on-five five points last season and not necessarily even strength because connor plays four on four and three on three whoa the implication here is okay bunting and mcdavid did tie indeed at 58 six overall and he's got natural stat trick that tracks this okay so that's five on five play bunting and mcdavid five on the same player they're interchangeable really (laughs) 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 but it is that's crazy it's just, again, speaking of what may end up being a career year for bunting, and it's just, it's fine. And maybe is, you know, hopefully he plays another 10 years in the league. I don't know. Yeah. And he might be in the ballpark of a 15, 20 goal score or a 35-point mm-hmm. to 40-point guy, but it is it is a remarkable stat. So... Is that is that stat? Are we talking about that stat because you think he should be paid lots because he's very good, or because you think it'll never happen again? And he's not very good. I just neither see, one. You're, neither you're one. Like, I, I just put said, the facts out just, there. I you just, decide. I just thought it was really cool that he was yeah. with the, a guy like Connor McDavid last year in any category. Right. Just gonna float these out there. Maybe just maybe there is a tinge maybe. of eh, it's not happening again. No, there's that's strong. That's all. That is correct. Chance. Um, that is a career high. Hey, Kipper. Yes. Today on Twitter, I saw that um, in ni- this day in 1996, I know you guys love this day in history, especially Borny. <laughs> Have you guys noticed it's never on our it's show? favorite thing. But today is uh, one in Leaf Fan Hearts with uh, Ron Hextall and, and uh, Felix the Cat going at it. And I told Kipper this, and he said he was in the game yeah, when that happened. Played. Ron, I so saw is that it, clip sorry, today. Is it, is it 25 years? When's, how long ago was 1996? Yeah, like that's, that many. 26 that years is my quick math. Oh, but. oh, boy. 
I don't, don't look at me. <laughs> no, Sammy, I'm asking you to do math here. On the <laughs> oh, show. my God. Math. The hamster wheel is and going I'm here. I'm not. Uh, I'm the hamster wheel. This is the point where you like with your spouse. And you say, that detail doesn't even matter. 20, doesn't matter. Just move years. on with the story. 26 years. That's it's till this day. It's like one of those jaw dropping moments that you're like, oh, I never knew he had that in him. For Felix, absolutely. Listen, I watched that clip this morning. Ron goes the length of the ice, angry and large. That was Ron's reputation and yeah. ego getting him down there to get his ass kicked. I mean, it's incredible. Do you think he got his ass kicked? Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm going with Felix on that one. Yeah, I said, I said the same thing to Sammy. I was like, "What a great tilt both ways" or something like that. And he's like, "I don't know about both ways." I think in Toronto, there's been this like Felix kicked his ass. Well, that's like one of the most famous moments for the Leafs. Like, well, it's unbelievable. He hangs in there, boy. So what? You were on the bench though. So yeah, you I was weren't on the, the bench. Bracket. So what yeah. are you thinking on the bench? How bad do you want to be on the ice at that point? No, I'm just like, he's got this. He's all set. We're, we got one of the toughest goalies now in the league. I don't have to be out there. <laughs> I'm fine. I, th- I don't think Ty was on the ice either. I think I Wendell believe how was. long they let them fight for. The line he's like, we're just letting them go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was, early in my career, I started by signing a contract with Philadelphia. So that was the era that, there was that shift from Bobby Clark player to Bobby Clark general manager and uh, now new leader, management leader of the Philadelphia Flyers and how they still like them big and mean. Mm-hmm. And Hexy came in that year and really uh, took the net over. Of course, he went on that season, I believe, to uh, lead them to the Stanley Cup final, win the Conn Smythe. And... Lose to Edmonton in Game Seven. Ron Hextall won a Conn Smythe. I feel dumb. Yeah, yeah, he did. In a losing cause, I in thought it was James Jagger and no one else. I only remember this because, like a, a week later, he he taped a Seven <laughs> Eleven, or not Seven Eleven, a Seven Up commercial, Seven Eleven Seven Up commercial, and it was him humming, "Ain't she sweet?" Tune. <laughs> That's how I remember that he won the Conn Smythe. I'm like, wow, he's got a 7-Up commercial a week after he wins the Conn Smythe. But my whole point was that the moment that he came on board with the Philadelphia Flyers, like he had this reputation for being like the toughest goalie. Mm-hmm. Like it came with him out of the Western uh, Western Hockey League. Yeah. That this guy could throw them. And sure enough... We saw it early with, uh, now you're too young, maybe. No, no, I'm, give me a chance here. Philadelphia, Montreal, Hexy going ape crazy on <laughs> Chelios, right? Chris Chelios. Yes. It's an amazing clip. It's There's an amazing, another one. Oh, it's an amazing So clip. this whole reputation about Hexy just being this crazy, throws them with both hands and feet kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, has, has always followed him throughout his career. This seems pretty so, justified. So, you know, but now he's at the tail end in 1996. Yeah. And like I said, that reputation was following up, yeah. up the up ice. Up the ice, yeah. And right to the fact that then uh, now he's in with a guy that uh, gave it to him pretty good. You know, when you stand there and someone has that reputation and they're coming at you full speed, 
like it takes some chutzpah to hang yeah. in there and you know yeah. lots of goalies would have hid behind someone yeah. what did what but, did the guy say to him do you remember what anybody said to him after like when he comes what'd you into say the room to him? no but like, we were like I told him no, no no it was like uh, well, you guys, I, I don't know i think we might have lost that game i don't even remember if we won or lost yeah. and we didn't really care at that point no. we were just like can i get you something can i get you a towel can i get you <laughs> you know coffee after the game yeah. you need something to drink you yeah. need a pillow flop what do you need bud <laughs> that that it was almost like that right it's like wow yeah oh it does it changes wow. your perception of someone like, huh. you want to go to the bar later on tonight and we'll mouth off at some guys <laughs> you know you, you, you're good with that yeah oh man can i just tell you, you one time i was holding my girlfriend's hand in a, in a bar one of my only you know, ever bar fights and the guy came up to my girlfriend and said hey uh see my friend over there he wants to know if you think i'm cute <laughs> ended up in a bar fight. <laughs> it's a good line though. Like to this day, I'm like, that takes balls. Girls holding a guy's hands. Like you're you're asking for a fight at that point. Good good times. Good times. That was it, eh? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's your. There was there was parts between A and B in a, in a fight, but. Will we ever see uh, a guy like Matt Murray uh, race down the ice and as early as Saturday, maybe <laughs> I don't against? Think- Demko? I think we're going to see him racing down the <laughs> Matt Murray would be dropping body parts off like a transmission <laughs> on an old Buick on the way down the rink. <laughs> How about he just gets into the net? Sounds uh, sounds like it. We did hear from him, though, yesterday, did we not? But we yeah. didn't play anything. So No, we heard from him yesterday, and he spoke again today. And I listened to both of the scrums. And I have to say, they were remarkably similar. They were. Oh, my God. Are we it gonna, honestly is a replay. Are, are so. we going to do a, a, a rehab? Yeah, that's clip. what we got. That's what we got. We got a clip about time. All right, let's go to Matt Murray. Oh, that's why we that's why we do things right in the rehab process. Um, like I said, we got we got the best of the best staff here, and like I said, they, they put us in a great spot to heal, and we do things properly here. So um, moving forward shouldn't be an issue. Okay, what did you get out of that? I was at a cut at a previous organization. Oh, my God. Does he just... Stick it to the Ottawa Senators there. We do things right here. That's a good point. You know, I... Oh, my God. And it just goes to show you that hockey players continue to have long memories. Yeah. That's all that was. Play one more time. For those of you that just listen to what he's really thinking about the Ottawa Senators on this one. No, that's why we that's why we do things right in the rehab process. Um, <laughs> like I said, we got we got the best of the best staff here, and like I said, they, they put us in a great spot to heal and we do things properly here. So um, moving forward shouldn't be an issue. We do things yeah. properly here. You know where we don't do things yeah. properly. Yeah, everyone's calling me a Band-Aid, and I couldn't get in the net. Yeah, I, I got poor advice, poor treatment. Like I know he doesn't say that directly, but there's certainly some veiled frustration. Listen, I, I get that, but it's not like you come here and you've been the picture of health with this incredible uh, ah, team of people. One, you know, it's one. like you've you literally had one game and one morning skate, and you've been out for four weeks, so it's not like... The Ottawa people were doing so much worse of a job. Yeah, you're, you're true. If you're a Sens staffer, you're like, oh, yeah, it looks like you got all right. You're crushing it. Like, what is he talking about? So, I hey, don't know. I think they're going, you, well, why don't you call Peter Morazic and see if uh, how, how good that program <laughs> yeah. was with him? Yeah, the track record there. Just flawless. <laughs> so we, same, with, same with Freddie Anderson. <laughs> the, all the way down the line. Hey, I know. Don't you think, like, like the medical staff and – you know, the, the training staff are sitting there going, oh, my God, if he hurts himself this week. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, really, if you 
have a job on the medical staff for a pro sports team. That's the sort of thing that your career hinges on. Like, are people fine or every year are your players hurt? You know, that's kind of how they fire and hire, I imagine. We also have Sheldon Keefe's thoughts, do we not? Well, well, we have him talking about who's starting tomorrow and then kind of weighs in on if uh, Murray's going to go on Saturday. So if you want to play that, we can react off that. Sure. Shogger tomorrow, and, and I really don't have much of an update on Murray today. It seemed like he was on the ice forever, so haven't uh, haven't gotten much much from how his day went today and how he was feeling or anything. Not that we were going to make the call today anyhow, because it is a day to day thing. And, and you know, um, Shogger tomorrow, so we're not making any, any sort of decision on Saturday here yet. But it seems like it was another good day for him, and he stayed on the ice and got some some extra work in even and. All that's positive, but like, like we talked about yesterday, he and the medical team will make the appropriate decision. Um, but it, he's clearly day-to-day at this point, and return is is around the corner for sure as to when the exact day is. We'll, we'll uh, make that decision when the time comes. Yeah, he's out there forever. Can't be out there forever and not play Saturday. No, I, I did read somewhere one of the reporters said something like he was out there for like two hours. So he probably went out with a goalie coach if, you know, hour before or whatever, 45 before, go through some... Cramming for an exam? That's always healthy. Eh? <laughs> yeah, that's, well, a, that's a lot. If you can't say on Thursday if he's good to start on Saturday, it's probably not should good. he be starting on Saturday? That's my question. Yeah, that's a really good point. You should know by now he's good enough to play. It's a day-to-day thing coming off a month thing, mm-hmm. right? Like, I Just to me, this whole I thing, that's a great this point. is just giving me... Freddie Anderson vibes so much. Well, like, talk to the guy. I, well, that's it. It's so funny they that he's like not allowed they to don't. know. Like he does. He he's not um, trying to hide that. That th- that's not the way it works with them. But there's to, a process. But to his point, you could walk in the dressing room and be like, "Hello, Matthew. How are you today?" No, Mr. but Murray, do you understand though. Murdoch. If, but if you do that, then. It could be perceived in the organization that you're stepping trust. on someone oh. else's toes or tiring? you're invading in my space. I don't know. I'm just I'm just taking a guess here. But there when you've got a thousand people on your staff, they all have to kind of justify their 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 paycheck and skipping uh Yeah. But you don't have to justify protocol. their paycheck. Like if I hear from a bunch of people at work that you're going around calling me a loser, I'm not going to go talk to our boss and be like, is Kipper calling me a loser? I'm going to be like, hey, but, Nick. But if it's in the handbook. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Right? It's drawn up that I got to go it, through. If it's in the handbook, you do. Yeah, that's probably true. I guess there, there's protocol for this sort of well, thing. I don't know. And Samsonov, yeah, go ahead. maybe the end of next week, which... In light of... Doesn't he feel like the starter now? Isn't it like, okay, Samsonov's back. They'll be okay when he's back. The Murray thing, that doesn't well, what, make me feel any better. Well, what's kind of interesting here is, yeah, you make a good point that Matt Murray coming back with Samsonov still on the sideline g- gives Matt Murray a, a leg up to... Mm-hmm. Get to some games. Get, and just maybe get that feeling that if he can get on a roll... Then Samsonov, like, what did we got? Uh, what are the next five games that passed Vancouver? That's a, just a big random ask of me there. Oh, my God. I'm pulling it up right now. 
All right, next five hey, games hey, are. Hey, don't worry, it's, it's not a it's not a Marley question got, for you, Sam. Uh, oh God, people got bent in a shape about my Marley's thoughts. Okay, wow, which what, I have happened? not. Oh, I'll well, tell you in a second. Give us the five games <laughs> past Vancouver. They got uh, yeah, so Vancouver Saturday, Pittsburgh again Tuesday, in Pitt, in Pitt, Devils Thursday in Toronto, Sabers Saturday in Toronto, Islanders. Monday. In Boy, Toronto. this is a tough stretch. Devils good, Isles good, Sabres good. Five all in their different ways. Five games there, and then Devils again the following Wednesday. So fast paced teams. So really, if uh, if we do feel like Murray's going to get Saturday in and get a solid win there, he's going into Pittsburgh and New Jersey, or no, I'm sorry, Pittsburgh and then back home for New Jersey. Jersey. Yeah, but. That, that that would be some challenging games there. But you know what? Also well-spaced, right? Play Saturday, day off, or sorry, two days off, get the Penguins. Then you get a day off, then you get the Devils. Like, Murray could conceivably play, play three times in a week. Do you, see, do you see Murray, if he's on a roll, going Tuesday, Thursday? I do. Yeah, I think I do. I think I do. It's just like... Samson off Saturday, I, next Saturday against Buffalo. I can't see him get through morning skate. <laughs> I want to see him play a game before I'm penciling yeah, yeah, yeah. him in for okay. starts. Well, listen, we're 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 having a, a conversation beyond oh, thinking man. that he's gonna pull something right. anytime soon. If he's healthy, just look, just looking at his games played by years, like he had runs in Pittsburgh where he played as much as you'd want a starter starting goalie to fifty games a season, and then since 2019, it's been 38, 27, 20. So. Mm. You know, he hasn't played a ton of hockey. 38, 27, 20. Those are his so games played totals. downwards year over year. Yes, and so far we're into November and he has a one. So, yeah. Uh, in a few minutes, we're going to welcome Jason York from NHLer coming on. He's got a new podcast, does he not, with uh, he does. Brent Wallace? Yep. We're going to ask him about that. Uh, Eddie Olchuk's coming on at 345. 415, Andy Strickland in the next hour. He started what? that whole Barry Trot storm too, by the way. He just, Andy, yeah. we're going to give it to him. That feels like three years ago now. He, he also just had Eustace King on, who was Mitchell Miller's agent. Yep. So they've, they've, they've been, been all making over waves. Going to ask Yorkie in a few minutes about Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Does he know him? You think <laughs> he went to the game? Yorkie did. Oh, no, Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he had quite the week, buddy. If the if the Ottawa Senators if the Leafs did what the Sens did during that game, Kipper would he would chew he would eat this microphone. The Senators players, when Reynolds was on the jumbotron and stood up to crowd waves, yeah. they stood up and banged the boards for a guy who doesn't own the team. Who the Sens did? The Sens players really? were standing oh up my. doing this on the boards wow. for a guy who doesn't own the team. And did he? Yeah, Deadpool. Did he talk to the media? Uh, he did not did, after the Jimmy Fallon. The thing, thing that killed me the most about that about that clip of him at the game was him just wearing the classic "I'm a movie star" incognito look. Like You're he the had like the person had, I've seen he, call. He, he, I've heard call him incognito. He had on a hat. No, he had like a he had like the glasses. He had like a beard going. The hat. He had it like down wow. low. It's like, oh, I'm not a movie star. Oh, oh, maybe so I am. He, no, cheer for me, please. <laughs> cheer for me. All, all of that all week, and he went in and did not talk to the media at all. I don't like think that's so. all we've got now is Jimmy Fallon banging the boards for him. Like, like he looking makes, for a sugar daddy. Yeah, he, he well, makes, the Sens players are too. He, apparently, he makes this major <laughs> announcement, but he does it on 
Jimmy Fallon, he, he needs to come on this show. I'm serious. All right. he, he needs to, he wants to come in and, and be a hockey guy. He's got to come on this show and pass a smell test. All right, I'll, te- I'll text him. And ask if he knows what the salary cap is. <laughs> right? This, that there is one. Hey, Isn't that the, the debate? Like, this is the real thing, Ryan. This isn't take two, right? <laughs> you, know, you only get one cho- shot at this, bud. I'm so. trying to be super nervous. I would love Come on this show. <laughs> you think, get past this show. I think that falls show. on me. <laughs> you get this show. You get past this show. We'll, uh, we'll let you in. And we'll, we'll chip into ownership, too. We got some uh, coins laying around yeah. here. Um, I'll throw my little Buddha hat. Before we get to Yorkie, do we want to have the conversation we had off the air that we decided to stop having so we could have it on the air about playing beer league hockey? Let's do that. Well, Kobe's like, right into this now. He's, like, got a podcast as well, Kobe Armstrong, on just beer league. He just talks about beer league. I, I'm Is that watching, true? Yeah, I'm watching, like, he did this whole thing on Instagram on... Guy showering. Yeah, he did. And I'm like, okay, are you, like, really? Dude, there is a market for this. When I used to write it's beer league time. tips, when I was at the score, <laughs> I would have like but a... He's got beer- like seven kids. That's what you're, that's <laughs> what you're spending kids. your time on? He was talking about... <laughs> he's spending his time on getting paid. It doesn't matter what you do. <laughs> he was spent... The, the clip was, I watched the clip and I had a reaction to it. The clip was that one of the teams that his buddy plays on had a shower sheriff that made guys shower. I mean, weird. Weird. Super weird. I, think, I mean, weird to not shower. Yes. I but also yeah. weird to give a damn who I'm, does. I'm never going to force a guy to, but right. I'm silently judging if you don't. Fine, then well, judge you, silently. Like, don't uh, wear a badge uh, and stand uh, around like Herschel Walker. Are you, are you, sensing people are you in the shower? Are you carpooling with the guy? No. I That's just, a different story. Seriously. Yeah. I just what do you think, care? I just... A little, I don't know. It's gross, man. Yeah, you can have that opinion. Just Anyways. don't be weird. Right, I'm calling your What were you going to say about your beer league comment? I rudely well, interrupted. No, you. I, I was surprised. So I haven't actually, and this is a, maybe a bad confession, but I've barely played hockey in years. Pandemic, kids. Bleh, you know, it's late. You play every week. I do now. I you am. I've been a regular. With- uh, uh, Eric Lindros has a skate every Thursday mornings. Oh my god! I'm like, oh my god. Do not accidentally bump into me. I will crumble <laughs> like a house of cards. What's his name from Slapshot? Don't hit me or I'll piss all over myself. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I won't piss myself, but I will separate my shoulder. Yeah. I will throw up my back. You um, should get the least training staff. For the record, I did not shower. I sh- showered at home. You did? I Interesting. Did. Yes. Yeah. Straight home yeah. to shower. Yeah. Where's that on the Colby meter? Stinky. What a beast. <laughs> All right, let's go to Yorkie. Jason York. Beer league guy, are you uh, on the ice at all these days? No, hey, I just I just caught the tail end of that conversation. Are you guys talking about Colby's chicklets, etc. when you're yes. talking about shots? Oh, it's deep. <laughs> Colby's got a really deep thinking show apparently now. Oh yeah, this is a picture it's, of It's showering or no shower here. after <laughs> Beer league. Like, how fired up was he on that first episode? It was like he was on speed or something. He was all making all these faces and contortions. I've never seen a guy so excited to do a podcast. That, that was it was really good. Colby's catching say, strays oh, here. Like crushing energy oh drink and away we go. <laughs> 
but uh, no, Kipper, I'm not playing any hockey. My knees are my knees are brutal. I, uh, I I haven't played a real game of hockey since we had the outdoor game. I don't know if you guys remember. Remember the outdoor game on Pearl? Yes. It was like a long time ago. I covered that was my last it. Game. Did you? I did, yeah. Was, and it was fantastic. Hey, what a cool setting that was, right on Parliament Hill. Oh, it was, I was great. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, after that game, I had to ice my knees for two straight weeks, get a cortisone shot, and get Jeez. the other knee drained. Yeah, that's, so, if I got to pick a sport to do, it's golf. And, uh, unfortunately, hockey's not in the cards anymore. Nice. All right, where do you want to start, Yorkie? Uh, Alfie going into the hall, that's a big deal, isn't it? Sure. Yeah, it's, it's a huge, it's a massive deal, Kipper. And uh, I got a ch- I got a chance to spend some time with Alfie the other day. Actually, I played golf with him. Guy shot four under, so everything's coming what? up Alfie right now. It's four under, going to the Hall of Fame. Like life's pretty good when you're four. And he was six under with two holes to play, bogeyed the last two. And this is a legit, no fluffing, no tipping the ball up, no mulligans. A legit four under. So wow. Um, yeah, he's a <laughs> he good. He can't play with good. the three of us. I can tell you. <laughs> no. No. No, I owed him a lot of money after that one, but he's uh, he's a guy, and, and I asked him about it because uh, I'm doing this podcast now, uh, coming in hot for next couple months with Brett Wallace, and I had Alfie on, and I and I just asked him, I'm like, how did all this happen? <laughs> and he's like, he just said hard work, and and he, he look at Alfredson's career, guys, was he the most dynamic player, the the most skilled guy? No, like. Eric Carlson's the most talented guy to play for the Ottawa Senators, but day in and day out, Alfie just came to the rink. He worked hard. And I always say this, Kipper and Borny, if you combine, and Sidney Crosby's kind of like this. I'm not going to say Alfie and Crosby are similar players, but when you get a guy with skill and he gets kind of like that fourth-line mentality where he's going to work as hard as a fourth-liner and he's got skill, to me, that's when you have a really special player. And those guys are few and far between. You're either a skilled guy or you're a worker, but Alfredson to me goes in that category of skilled guy who worked really hard, and that's pretty well why he had success. Like, he was a seventh-round draft pick, late bloomer, came in and won the Calder right away, but his, he said his path to the NHL, like, he was in the Swedish League, and a lot of guys were ahead of him as far as household names, and he just, uh, the other thing too, guys, he worked really, really hard off the ice. I, I, I trained with him one summer, and this guy just pushed so much weight, squatting, running. He he was a guy that I would say outworked guys in the weight room and on the ice, off the ice. So that's why he is where he is, guys. So, Yorkie, maybe you can refresh us on the evolution of his relationship with the organization. It, you know, in my understanding there, it it was obviously great when he was there. There were some downtime. Seems like he's kind of worked his way back into, well, they've worked his way back into their good graces. Where is he at with the organization? He's in a much better place now. And, you know, I don't want to talk poorly because I think it's in bad taste. Eugene Melman's passed away. Um, so... But that was a hurdle. Exactly. The the Ottawa Senators brand took a big hit when Daniel Alfredson and his relationship with with the team wasn't good. And uh, when he went to Detroit, and then when he came back, it was just, there was a big, there was a big hole in the organization. And you look at all organizations, their alumni is so important. And when you got 
the best player you've ever had in the Hall of Fame, and he's not part of your organization, not just source, but I, I think when Brian Murray, I don't think I know, when, when Brian Murray passed away, he's the guy that, 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 that brought Alfie back and, and, and kind of mended those fences. But when Brian passed away, uh, things seemed to go really south. And, uh, you know, Daniel didn't come around. And when he did come back this year, the, the ovation when he came opening night was, was crazy. Like, it was, it was awesome. People in the city love him. And that relationship, it hurt, it hurt everything, especially the fan base. Like, the, there's a generation of Ottawa Senators fans that they lost in about a five-year period where people didn't care about the Ottawa Senators. Big reason, Daniel Alfredson, uh, a lot of people were upset that, that he wasn't part of this organization. They wanted it, and uh, he wasn't. And then all of a sudden, you're getting empty buildings, you're getting people not renewing season tickets. You're getting empty luxury boxes. Alfredson's not the only reason. you got to win, but it was a big reason. Uh, you're, you know this, guys. You, your brand, it's, it's your history, your players. And there's, Alfredson is, is the biggest part of the Ottawa Senators brand. We're talking to former NHLer Jason York, Sportsnet hockey analyst, Hockey Night in Canada, co-host of Coming In Hot with Brent Wallace. So... Obviously, we mentioned earlier before you came on, Ryan Reynolds watches this show for no other reason to learn. Yes. And one of the things he's going to take out of this is um, I'm going to hire Daniel Alfredson. I mean, it, it, it's only a matter of time before new ownership do realize that uh, this guy's got to have to play a big part here moving forward. Yeah, I think whatever happens with the Ottawa Senators ownership group, whoever that's going to be, it would be very prudent to have Daniel Alfredson in a pretty big, large role with with the organization. Just like I said, he just people love him. They love him, and if if you're there's still the brand of the Ottawa Senators is still being repaired. There's a lot of damage done. And you want to get the brand as strong as ever, you, you bring Alfred, you bring Alfie back and you put him front and center. And he's a smart hockey guy too, fellas. Like he knows his stuff. What type of role would he be in? We'll see, but I think it would be a pretty prominent one. And, and, and I, I, I'm 99% certain that whoever gets this team will have Alfie front and center and he'll have a very, very important role with this team. We're looking to get some uh, some overlap here from you on, on content from the Leafs and the Sens. So Matt Murray's the guy I'm going to go to next. Well, I want to get your uh, thoughts on your impression of the guy from his time in Ottawa. You know, here it feels like, I don't want to say he's taken a shot at Ottawa, but today he made some sort of passing comment about the training staff in Toronto doing things the right way, and they have the best people there. And, you know, yeah, <laughs> really <know>. good people. <laughs> you know. oh, boy. What were impressions of Murray in Ottawa? I, from what I heard of Matt Murray here in Ottawa, it, it, w- it was just an odd fit. I'd say a little bit aloof uh, and, and injuries. Like, listen, you can't help getting hurt. It is what it is when you get hurt and you don't play. Um, but he just, he never he never got the ball rolling here. And, and when he did a couple times, okay, he's going to get going. He's playing well. They get hurt again. And I don't care who you are. If you're getting hurt all the time, getting injured, it's pretty tough to get on a roll and, and Ottawa wasn't doing well. They were losing. Uh, so it just didn't work. It didn't work. And, and, and I know when you get hurt, there's a lot of pressure to come back. 
I've been in that situation before. Sometimes you rush back, and, and I don't even know exactly what happened with Murray, but I just know he wasn't a good fit here. He wasn't a good fit, uh, and things didn't go well, and here we are. He's, he's in Toronto, and, and uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things, guys. I just think it was uh, from, from the get-go, it, it just didn't work with Matt Murray here in Ottawa. And here we are. 12 games into the uh, season with the Ottawa Senators and they're dead last in the Atlantic. This isn't a place yeah. where uh, Pierre Dorian thought he'd be this early. Uh, vote of confidence for his coach, DJ Smith. Is that like a, a really a kiss of death, really? <laughs> Usually it is, Kipper, when they, right? When the, when the GM comes out and says something like that and it's like two weeks later, coach is fired. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, number one, because teams for sale. I don't. I don't think they would be in a position, even if they wanted to. Let's just say they wanted to go down that route. Why would you want to fire the coach while you're trying to sell the team? All of a sudden, you're paying two te- coaches, and the new owners can hold a second here. I'm paying two guys buying this team. So I, I think that has a little bit to do with it. And, and number two. Look at the, how this team is built, Kipper. And, and there was a lot of. There was a lot of hype in the summer. People were excited. You brought in Dabrinkit. You brought in Giroux. I love the Giroux signing, uh, by the way. I thought that was uh, much needed. And Dabrinkit's a really good player. I, I, I said this in the summer. There's one thing this team didn't address. They didn't address the blue line. And I don't care how good your forwards are. I don't count how much talent. You got 40 goal scorers. You got all these guys. How, how are you going to win when you can't break the puck into your own zone? How are you going to win when you've got guys on your back end that, that, that have defensive issues and defending. And that's why the Ottawa Senators are losing right now. It's not from a lack of talent. It's number one, that's a lack of experience. They've got two injuries in Zub and Josh Norris. And all of a sudden, if you look at their center ace position, they have no experience down there except uh, and, uh, down in, in their uh, in their fourfold position. Uh, but, but add in the defense – the lack of depth at center, guys, that's why they're losing. And for DJ, I just I just don't see them firing him right now. Uh, for me, it's tough to blame the coach when there's a lot of holes in this lineup. And, and, and I think Pierre Dorian needs to own some of this, guys. He didn't address the blue line in, in the summer. And all you got to do is look who they're playing tonight. They're playing the New Jersey Devils. Why are they off to a good start? What are they doing in the offseason? Well, they made some big moves with their defense. And because of that, they're one of the top teams in the league right now. Pierre Dorian did refer to himself in the third the third person the other day. I don't know if you heard that, so he's starting to feel Jimmy. himself. <laughs> Pierre Dorian's a Jimmy guy. likes his sneakers. <laughs> Jimmy. So Jimmy Jimmy likes the lane. Remember that? <laughs> oh yeah. That's all we've been doing all week is Pierre Jimmy. I'm glad you guys are doing it because I, I couldn't believe it. He, he not only did he double down on it. I know he did a Pierre. He did a Pierre Dorian, then he did a Pierre, and I'm like, <laughs> this, that's Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> You're stealing Jimmy from Seinfeld, man. <laughs> okay, guys, I'll, I'll throw it back to you guys. Okay, they got to Brinkett. They brought in to Brinkett, and number one, what that did, it complicated. Who are you going to put on your first power play? And all of a sudden, DJ Smith has got like seven different forwards he can put in. Oh, it's always good to have it's always good to have options. Kipper, you played with a lot of really good players. And you tell me that if you're a guy that's a first power play guy and you're starting second and you're getting twenty to thirty seconds, are you gonna be happy about hey, that? If if you're lucky you get thirty. 
with some of these guys and now what they're getting paid. And we had this conversation. And, of course, Marner and Matthews have a, a, a far greater credit card to charge big minutes on a power play than some of the other guys in Ottawa. But these guys now, they've got new contracts, Yorkie, and they ain't coming off until they get their cookie. <laughs> I always say this, and everybody says about Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. They lead the league in points, and it's not even close. When you watch them play the power play, they take the full two minutes almost every single time. The second unit gets 10 seconds. And it's not a shot at McDavid or Dreisaitl. If I was coaching, I would do the same thing. But their power play ice is incredible. And, and sometimes on a power play, it might not work the first minute, the first minute and 20, and they end up scoring in that minute and 40 part of the power play. But with Ottawa, they started the season going 1A and 1B because they had the unit from last year with Stutzla, with Kachuk, with Norris, and Batherson. Then all of a sudden, DJ's like, well, how the heck am I going to get Debrinket and Claude Drew on the ice for their for their power play time because you got a 40-goal scorer and – one of the best players of this era on the power play, Claude Giroux. And I, I just thought those moves, everybody loved them. But I, no, the first thing I said was, what's going to go off the power play? And then, hey, why didn't you get a defenseman? So here we are. They're, they're, uh, they are where they are. It's not, it's not all because of that. But I think there's a lot more to that than, than people ever talk about because it's, uh, it's a known fact. Yeah, there's certainly an element when you're a bad team and you lose a lot to just like, let's just get good players on the roster and figure it out from there. But you're right. Sometimes the puzzle pieces don't fit and you've got some other challenges on your hand. Uh, Last sins question that sits on my mind all the time is just uh, a boring one uh, about the rink and and what's happening there. Like, would ownership, you know, potential owners talk with potential sites? Like, that seems to me like it would be a big piece of it. How would it work in terms of negotiations and buying a team? Well, as far as the LeBreton Flats right. uh, land play goes, that we're talking about Barney. Well, so the, the, the Senators won the bid for that. So when when they sell the team, whoever buys the team from them, I, I really believe Eugene Melnick's daughters are going to stay in as some type of percentage in this whole equation when it's all said. And I, I, I can see them staying in for maybe five, ten percent ownership. But the, the, what I've been told is when the team is sold, that's part of the whole package you are going to develop downtown and and that's the big reason why they have to sell the team because we all know this you, you can't own a team and and not have super super deep pockets hey ryan reynolds was on the tonight show basically saying yeah i need some more money i, I need a sugar daddy or sugar mama because that's <laughs> this, this, this 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 particular venture is going to take really deep pockets so in Ottawa, there's there, there's a group together that's coming together with a lot of local money, and I could see them partnering with with a couple of names you've heard out there uh, that everybody knows about with that, Hamilton's Bulldogs owner. He's a name that's been out there. Uh, I know there's a group from Toronto, but with, with the daughters and the sale of the team, I could see it maybe going to the local group with a partner. Ryan Reynolds comes in, it's because it's a it's going to take a lot of money to get this project done. It's going to take deep pockets. And uh, to, to finish off on your question there, Barney, yes, the rink will go downtown. And when this is done, I, I think it's going to happen a lot sooner than people think. You know any sugar daddies? 
Yorkie. <laughs> well, Kipper, all I can tell you about uh, the sale, the process, I might know a few guys, but one, one thing people that are trying to buy NHL teams learned in the past, the, the way Jim DePasilli did it when he came out and, and you're out there open in the public, it's one thing if you're Ryan Reynolds and you're talking about buying a team because that's great for the NHL brand, but when you're other people talking about it, I just, I just think the NHL frowns upon that. It's, uh, it, it, you got to learn from that Jim Basile lesson, and he got, he basically got blackballed, right? Oh yeah, yeah, that turned uh, real quick. Absolutely. Hey Yorkie, thanks for doing this, man. Any, any time, guys. Great to catch up. Okay, Jason York. Well, listen, if Ryan Reynolds needs uh, some, some sugar daddy money, I mean, there's probably. 30 billionaires just in Toronto alone. <laughs> Find one. Sends, you think the Sens people want a Toronto guy with Toronto money coming in there? How many billionaires do you think they have uh, in Ottawa? I don't know. <laughs> They're all scraping together. They're with Ryan there right now, you know, with a cup in their hand. Shaking it. Yeah. Tim Horton's cup. Ryan, <laughs> I don't know. have your people call my people. You? And, little Buddha and, and my people's, his name's Sammy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let me ask you this quickly before. So did everybody else at your skate shower after Kipper, or just was it just you? That... <laughs> uh, I'm, the, I'm the first one out, oh, so I don't know. God. I have no idea. I'm the last one out. Anyways. All right, we'll get uh, Eddie Olchek's take on, uh, on showering after a hockey game. How's that? Good. All right, more stuff coming up. Real Kipper and Born after the break. Give us a thumbs up on uh, YouTube as well. We need that. Yeah, thumbs down to everyone treating right. me in the chat right now. Coming All back right. soon. <laughs> All right. Waiting on Eddie Olchuk. He's always worth a good laugh. Can I ask him about showering? No. Good. Somehow, some way, it'll come back to 94 the rangers somewhere there's a, it's always a story somewhere story that shouldn't be told yeah doing a good job now with the uh should we say red hot seattle kraken yeah they are red hot He's now doing color commentating there doing a great job can you not see a world where everyone has loved vegas for all the sizzle and trades and action and cup final and gold jerseys and then seattle just kind of goes out and plays defense and worries about goaltending and Ends up winning a cup before Vegas. Can you not see it happening? Uh, I can't see it happening. <laughs> but don't tell Eddie I said that. Where are they right now? They are second in the Pacific. Wow. Eight, four, and two. They have won five straight hockey contests. All it took was Eddie Olchuk leaving the Chicago Blackhawks and covering the Seattle Kraken. And all that credibility just followed into an eight and four, two start. This is the part where you say, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Who canceled on you today? <laughs> what do you say? Who canceled on you today? Why? 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 What's why can't Justin? How are you, buddy? I'm hey, good, Kipper. Eddie. Doing, Thanks for joining well, us. Are you? Are you? Nice uh, did you Sammy uh, book you late? Kipper, come on! Look, at we played together. I know your stick. Somebody must have pulled the plug on you, oh. and you said, "Oh, no, you know no. what? Let, let's 
Let's go to the bottom of the barrel. Justin, you know how he is. Come I on, swear later. to God. <laughs> I do, but not in this case, I'm coming 100% clean on this. <laughs> All right? This is how it went down. Oh, God. The Leafs didn't uh, play last night. They didn't play the night before. All right. What are we going to do? Come out here and talk about the fourth line on the Leafs again? Let's go get another <laughs> guest. Let's go get Enzo. That's how it went I, down. Right, Sammy? I am here. I am here. Nice to be with you guys. And, yeah, look at the uh, the Kraken are off to, obviously, an incredible start. And, you know, especially this, this run that they've been on. And, you know, they had a stretch of games, too. And, you know, where they had Vegas, they had Calgary, they had uh, St. Louis. And I know that they've been struggling. I get it. You know, but they, they lost that game. Um, they had Pittsburgh. Um, you know, like when you, you look at it and you go, oh, boy, you know, like you, you – you start looking at your schedule and it is all teams and players do, as you guys know, is, you know, you start sitting there going like most teams will go in five or 10 game segments or whatever, but they have, uh, you know, they didn't get off to a great start. Their first two games were great, but they lost their first game in Anaheim. I mean, they totally dominated Anaheim. I mean, it, it wasn't even close and they lost the game. And then they went into L.A. the next night and played a real solid game. And then they took a while for them to kind of find themselves. And then recently now, they're getting contributions from really from every line. Jordan Eberle has been terrific all season long. He just couldn't score at the start, and he is scoring now. Uh, Martin Jones has come in and, and played extremely well and, and given them consistency and goal. And, you know, they've got two power play units now, which last year – Quite frankly, they might have had a half a power play unit and they just really struggled. But this year, for Dave Haxtell and the moves that Ronnie Francis made, and you know, they've gone out and they've got two good power play units and that's kind of carried them. So, you know, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people have taken notice the way that they're playing and, you know, they play a fast game and they have the puck a lot more. So what does that do? That takes the pressure off your team defense. And I would imagine... And Justin, this is right in your wheelhouse. I would imagine, you know, the numbers, the analytical numbers uh, would tell you is that, you know, mm-hmm. they do have the puck much more. But a step further would be the eye test would tell me is when you're watching them is sit there and go, wow, you know, like this, this team possesses the puck, you know, like they have the puck a lot more. They protect the puck extremely well in the offensive zone. So there's a lot of positives going on and they're going to try to make it six in a row against the uh, the wild uh, tomorrow night uh, in Seattle. So is that is that what you see as the biggest changes offensively? Just like kind of looking at this team off- offensively. Last year they're 28th in the league in, in scoring, 29th actually. Right. This year yeah. they're they're only two teams have scored more in the whole league, Boston and Edmonton. Yeah, yeah, right. So yeah. what yeah. you know is yeah. that is that just as simple as that this finally scoring some goals? I think timely goes through, Justin. Yeah. You know, getting some leads, uh, playing with the lead. Um, you know, last year I could get look at don't don't quote me, but I, I think they lost like seventeen, sixteen or seventeen one goal games. But right. when you add a threat, an offensive threat like Burakovsky, you know, you, you add a threat like Oliver Bjorkstrand, um, the emergence of Maddie Beneers, all of a sudden, you know, and and Jaden Schwartz uh was not there for probably 80% of the season last year. So when I, you know, you mentioned those four names, those are four guys that are playing in your top eight or nine that 
really weren't there last year. I mean, you know, Schwartz was, and Beneers came in at the last 10, but so I just think it is. It, 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 it's the acquisitions by Ronnie, um, the skill level that those guys have and the ability to be able to hold on to the puck and make plays. And, uh, and there's a great confidence right now. I mean, I look at give Dave Haxtell a lot of credit, like, cause you know, it looked like it was, you know, it was going to be tough for a couple of games because they just, they gave up goals early, you know, Vegas came in there and scored, you know, 18 seconds into the game. And, and they were just, you know, they were getting steamrolled, you know, but they showed some pushback and, so I think I look at confidence and higher skill level, uh, Justin, and more offense. I don't think there's any doubt. And this team has got it's got great belief. I mean, you know, look at everything is you know, a lot of these things are a first for the franchise because they haven't even played a hundred games in a National Hockey League yet. But when you go on a heater like this and you look at the schedule and who they've played, uh, there are no easy games. We understand that. But when you look at what they've been able to do. And look at timing is everything, right? Like catching teams uh, on a second of a back-to-back or teams that have been, you know, maybe struggling a bit, right? Like they're, like two of their wins came against Pittsburgh. And, and quite frankly, Pittsburgh, had, like I know that they had lost. I, I did their game last night uh, down here in, in D.C. on, on TNT. And you know, I mentioned at the top of the broadcast, I know they had lost seven in a row. But, you know, the last four games – they had leads, and in two of those games, they had two goal leads in the in the middle of the second, and they had a three goal lead. You know, I think it was against the Bruins, and and they ended up losing all of those games. So, you know, I think the numbers were a little distorted in how they were playing. Um, but Seattle happened to catch Pittsburgh in a couple of games and and uh, and take care of them. So, you know, timing is everything. Confidence is everything. Now they have had a couple of injuries here. I mentioned Grubauer. Jared McCann hasn't played in, I think, four or five games now. Uh, Jamie Oleksiak left the game the other night. So, you know, they've got some, you know, real important people out of the lineup. But with the depth that they have now, it just looks like, hey, you know what, next man up and and let's go try to find a way and extend the winning streak. One more on Seattle for me, uh, Edzo, and that's Matty Beneers. You mentioned him. uh, Five goals, what, four assists. Uh, And then you got Shane Wright, Uh uh, highly uh, prospects, high draft prospects, yeah. uh, many ways, blue chip here. What's the difference? Why one so successful and the other one struggling? Well, look, one guy's uh, a little bit older. Uh, one guy had 10 games in a National Hockey League last year. One guy's just a little bit stronger right now. Uh, one guy is, is is getting, you know, a boatload of reps. And look at, I think for Shane, right, look at, he he's a young guy. And I think that they're, you know, they're, they're handling in the way that they feel is best for his development today and then moving forward. And, and, you know, look at, there's been some Kipper, there's been some flashes of him as saying, okay, like this kid, this kid can see it. You know what I mean? Like he, he can, he anticipates, he's got the offensive instincts, um, you know, but there's times when it looks, it's just like, sometimes it just looks a little bit overwhelming. I mean, that's just the reality. Like if you talk to, like when you listen to Ronnie Francis talk and look at, I mean, no, no more perfect person that, you know, had it in, you know, obviously an incredible hockey career, but is like, if you look at the difference between Maddie Beneers in those 10 games last year, Tipper to his first 10 games this year, like, I mean, he, he, he's gone from, you know, just using, you know, you know, a size comparison, you know, he went from, you know, 
six five to seven five. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's just I think getting around the mm-hmm. block a little bit. And and look at and and in in all due respect, I mean, Veneers has been playing against some older some older players when he was in you know when he was in you know Michigan. So you know, I just think the maturity part of it and all that, and it's going to come with Shane right now. Again, like he's got to get his reps and he's got to play, and I'm sure that the team has a plan for him. But look at right now, the way that the team is going and the way that they have their line set or whatever. I mean, look, he's going to get back in the lineup. There, there's no doubt about it. You know, he's had a couple of good games, and I know everybody's clamoring for him to play, you know, more than he has. And he had a good game, I think it was in Minnesota, where he played maybe 12 and a half, 13 minutes. But, um, I mean, that's look at that. that's just a, you know, Cliff Notes version of the, you know, from what I see anyways, as far as the biggest difference. But, look at for Seattle, this is all about the process. I mean, First year team last year, everybody thought, oh, Vegas, you know, they're going to go to the cup final and whatever. Nah, that's not happening. I mean, come on. What happened last year is, I mean, is that, I mean, and I know never is a long time. Are we going to ever see that again? I mean, in any sport, I mean, let alone the National Hockey League, I mean, I'd probably say we might have to go another hundred years of, you know, expansion. So just let me know how that works out, Kipper, if this doesn't <laughs> But 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 it really and then you know like I said it's a part of the process and then what they did this summer so look at playing meaningful games come early March early April would be an unbelievable like it would be a huge step for a team that got what last year sixty plus points whatever it ended up being so you know I think that they they understand you know taking a deep breath and like I said you, you have the perfect guy running everything. Uh, you know, with, with Ronnie as far as on the hockey side. And I do got to give a little love to my brother there. My brother Ricky is there, obviously, yes. working as Ronnie's right-hand man. There. So uh, they've done an amazing job, and, and things are going well right now. But as you guys know, man, <laughs> it can oh, go sideways yeah. awfully quick. <laughs> the wheels can and then, come and, off. and then all of a sudden, Justin, all of a sudden, Kipper's going to be blaming the broadcaster that brought him that, uh, yeah. you know, that, that four-game losing streak. Well, right? I think we're the Blues 3-0 and at one point this season. I read something about how oh, they're playing more strong structured than ever and yeah it's the yeah. nhl things can get weird yeah. quick um yeah, exactly you know looking at the course of some pretty incredible careers here we're trying you know zooming out on the nhl a bit Edzo, you've seen Sidney crosby and alex ovechkin and their uh, you know their paths from inception yeah. you know when they came to the league in i want to say 2006 it's been something mm-hmm. they have the exact same points i don't know if one of them got a point yeah. last night or not but yeah, the, sid, yeah sid did last night did yeah. he yeah so sid is currently the points leader in the sid versus yeah. Ovi duel <laughs> you know what do you think about when you see where their their careers are at are are you surprised unsurprised what, what are your thoughts on on where we're at now from from the beginning so long ago yeah when we saw we showed that graphic last night on our broadcast Wild. justin and i'm like you got to be kidding me you know, <laughs> know what i mean what? like 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 really, like okay, now again, look at all, all due respect. Like you know, Sid obviously had those you know 150 games or whatever it was where, you know, he was dealing with the concussion or you know whatever it was, and you know, I mean that's you know that's you know part of the reason why because obviously Sid's a a different player than than Ovi, but I mean, look, I, I think these the, the, both these gentlemen have done an unbelievable job, not only obviously statistically, but I just think. Really, when the league was, you know, uh, you know, there are a lot of questions, right? And all of a sudden, here comes, you know, who who are the next, who are the next guys? You know, who are we going to be able to hang our hat on and be able to, and to really ride? And and these guys have, you know, I mean, they've not disappointed by any stretch. And you know, the, you know, and having 
been around Sid, you know, when I was coaching at Pittsburgh and then, you know, I was there when we drafted him and I, you know, I was only there the first couple of months before I got whacked before Christmas and December of 05. But, you know, like when he got on the ice for the first time, Justin and, and Kipper, like you just saw him and you just were like, man, like, like this kid's got it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I, like I, it, I felt like that when I got on the ice for the first time when I was, you know, playing with 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 with, uh, with Brian Leach and Mark Messier Kipper when we were in New York, you know. And when you get on the ice with Timo Solani, I was there when he was a rookie, and I got on the ice, you know, you know, just over the years of playing with a guy like Keith Kachuk in in Winnipeg as well. You know, they're just some guys they get out there and just go like, man, like this guy's whatever air he's breathing. Can I just get a quick lift, you know? Because it's just it's it just was something so special, you know, and uh, and I remember a couple of times just doing some video and whatever, and like even before I'd have I had to hit the uh, you know the play button or the you know the pause button on the VCR for the uh, the old VHS machine that we had in the coach's office in Pittsburgh. Like Sid would go, oh yeah, I should have stopped here in front of the net, you know, and it was just like, oh wow, man, like like you know this guy's got a you know a photographic memory and. He's like he's one step ahead of everybody else, you know. And then there was a you know a face off. He goes, yeah, I gotta, you know, I gotta angle here. I gotta cheat a little bit more on this face off or whatever, you know. And like he just knew, like he just knew that this kid was gonna be as advertised. And as far as Ovi, if I can really quick, I said this last night in the broadcast, and I and I believe this. And then after the fact, I'll tell you what happened. But like I really believe is over the course of the last, probably right before they won the cup, I think Ovi started realizing again, talking to Barry Trotz and talking to Scotty Arneal, who was assistant coach at that time, you know, I, I, is that I think what I've seen and my observation was, is that Alexander Ovechkin is always going to be a threat to run you into the fifth or sixth role. But I think what he started realizing was, is that I'm going to, I'm going to pick my spots. I'm going to bypass some contact, and I, and I don't know what the numbers are. And again, I would, the hits part, you could argue till you're blue in the face. But it's just from again watching games and in, in, in doing a boatload of their games, it it definitely is a big part of him being able to stay healthy and have a little bit more energy by being a little bit more selective now in his physical confrontations than he did maybe when he was a little bit younger. And when you start there, like everybody wants to know, how in the hell is this guy getting 800 and how in the hell is he going to get to, you know, 895 or what, you know, like I think is that he just is being more selective. And I think that's helped him. It's helped him stay healthy. I think it gives him a little bit more energy, you know, offensively knowing that he's out there to, you know, obviously do a lot of things, but you know, we haven't seen a goal scorer like this, you know, since the guys that he's facing right now, really, at the end of the day. But what makes it so funny is that last night, you know, there was a tough game for the Caps. They were really frustrated. And only had two of the bigger hits I've seen in the league in oh, the last five years. He crushed Ruta. Oh, uh, yeah. He, he, yeah. That's, yeah, that's he when Ruta's and, going. Can you have just been a little bit more selective? Yeah, yeah, right, exactly, yeah. Or maybe, you know what, maybe just hide under the net next time, you know what I mean? Like just <laughs> Tip not it over and hide or, under or, it? Or, or Kipper, or Kipper. How, how about, like, in our day, it's like when you see, when you see the like, on your team, when you see the wrong guy on the ice on the other team, isn't somebody going to be yelling, hey, heads up, heads up, <laughs> I see, I see. Um, so like, right? So, for sure. Like, I, I say, I, like what I said about Ovi, but then last night, you know, he has that ability to go ahead and just, like, give, on a scale of one to ten, he gets a fifteen on both of those hits in behind the net. 
uh, you know, in two different situations. So, like, that's, that's my observation is I really believe is that him being a little bit more selective has helped him, A, stay healthy, and obviously, B, gives him a little bit more energy within the game to be able to do what he was, he was, you know, he may go down, right? I mean, the way he's trending, it certainly looks like that, you know, Gretz's record is certainly in jeopardy if he can stay healthy and, and continue to play, obviously, with world great, uh, you know, world uh, talented players in, in Washington. So, Edzo, speaking of the 90s and speaking of uh, VHS <laughs> tapes, uh, the sports world lost uh, uh, a great broadcaster in Fred Hickman. Of course, that was our era watching yeah. CNN Sports with Nick Charles. And yeah. they were one of the few guys out there nationally that was showing our highlights. So we loved them all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Edzo, our dear teammate loved like mimicking now was it one of those guys or was jerome, it jerome 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 <laughs> jerome and then who's the other one van earl too or yeah van earl right okay but you you eddie used to sit in the back of the bus yeah Oh, hold, hold on, Justin. He, he has distorted here. He got me confused <laughs> okay, with your okay. guest that canceled on you. Okay, so look at I would be sitting probably two thirds in the way in the back of the bus, <laughs> and I was an extra guy, you know. And I, you know, I mean, I would go, you know, weeks and months without playing, but I would still be there. And my look at my Steve role with there. the Rangers that year was two things. It was one, it was to stretch the guys in the morning, and then <laughs> two is the is the is the last. He's underselling himself, by is the way. To, to laugh, right? To make everybody laugh. So I would get this thing where. You know, we got on a heater. Like that year, Justin, I hope you know, it's like that year, we, we were 500 the first maybe 11 or 12 games of the regular season, like in 94. Like we were the favorite to win, and we got off to a right. tough start. I think we like tied and lost to maybe like Anaheim and San Jose back. And then they traded for me in alarms. And then it changed. I know, I know. I knew this was going to be slanted, this, you know, your way here, Kipper. <laughs> but I'll, I'll get to you in a second. So, so I became an extra, you know, I was an extra guy that year, Justin. So, I, you know, again, my way to keep the guys loose. So we would get on the bus and, you know, after the game, and, of course, you know, we won. And, you know, and obviously, I, you know, I haven't played or whatever. So I'd get on there and I'd go, CNN, headline, sports, tonight. The Rangers going to Philadelphia behind Mike Richter, 35 saves. Mark Messier, one goal, two assists. Joey Kosher, a big-time fight. And, yes, Eddie Olchek did not. (laughs) (laughs) And Mike Keenan with a couple of brilliant moves (laughs) behind the bench. Jerome Dronovich, CNN, headline spot. He would do that after most road wins. It got to the point where, like, Keenan, as miserable as the man was at times, would go, Eddie, give us a little CNN. <laughs> hey, Justin, I should have said, okay, you give, I'll give you a little CNN if you give me a little, you know, you give me a little light. Give me a little, give, give me a little, this is a training give me a little 14, give me a little 14 minutes, buddy. Yeah. I'll give you a little CNN. Uh, hey, Justin, Justin, real quick. So we, we were like, we, we, we were in a boarding skate, right? And uh, we were out at right Playland, and you know, I hadn't, like I said, honestly, I hadn't played probably in about two or three weeks, right? And we were having a, you know, we do the same practice every day. You know, every day, the, the morning skate was the same. You know, we'd be on there for like 18, 19 minutes. We'd do the same drill. We're doing like breakouts, five on, regroup, shot, 
point shot, and then the next five guys would come out. So yeah. maybe like two minutes in, it was, it was not going well. So Keenan blows his whistle, and of course he's got his, you know, he's got his demeanor and his attitude. He comes over and goes, you guys don't want to play. You guys don't want to play, right? And everybody's just standing around him. Right? You got 85 Hall of Famers out here. <laughs> you got me. You got, you know. So he goes, you guys don't want to play. And he goes, Eddie O, do you want to play tonight? And I hadn't played, like I said, in three or four weeks. Yeah. And I just said, F and A. Yeah. He goes, you're playing tonight. Some of these guys don't want to play. You're going to play. You're going to play. You're going to play with mess and gravy. I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah. I, go, I, go, I go home. I grab my suit. I drive downtown. We have our pregame nap. I have our pregame meal. The lines are on the board. I go take warm-up. I'm out there with mess and gravy. I'm skating. Listen, Kipper, he can't even control it. <laughs> Everything's going great. I'm like, F and A. I get, I'm getting ready, right? I tape. I go. I get my routine. I tape my sticks. You know, I got the old Titan going. I got the, the Gordy Howe on him and everything. I come back. I sit down. And here comes Dick Todd, our assistant coach, just moping. Here he goes, oh, Eddie, you're not playing. <laughs> what do you mean I'm not playing? <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. I went into his office, and I just, I mean, I, oh, it was, I was just like, you know, I, I couldn't help, I couldn't help hey, myself. So still. you wonder you wonder how I haven't hit the bottom of the keg yet because after that hey. year, if I didn't start doing that, forget about it. That, uh, like, <laughs> hey, I, I love that story, but that still doesn't compare to me drinking all afternoon, having an extra guy in warm-up, and then Eddie calling me at about 5 to 6 saying, uh, Keena wants you playing tonight. I can't believe you have yeah, an extra Justin, guy in warm-up. Justin, 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 no, no, you're, you're, you, don't, you don't even remember the story. There were no <laughs> cell phones in 94. You I just said you called me. Justin, let me. Let me tell you. Did Justin, you not call me at out. home? Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. <laughs> Justin, we had a rule that year that everybody had to be at the rink by 7 o'clock for a 7.30 game or half hour or whatever, right? Yeah, so, not asking too you know, much. We're all there, and Kipper had some, you know, he had some friends in town, and he wasn't supposed to play or whatever. So, you know, all of a sudden, Joey Kosher, uh, Papa comes up lame and warm up or whatever, like 5 after 7 or whatever. Yeah. And, and Keenan comes flying into the extra players and goes, Where's Kiprios? Where's Kiprios? And we're, and we're trying to save him. You're like, I, I don't know. He's walking around somewhere. He goes, no, he's playing. I don't care what time he gets here. He's going to play. I, I'm like, I'm like, well, if he doesn't get here, I'll play. He goes, you ain't ever playing. Like, <laughs> so, so like, like a good teammate, Justin. He like doesn't sound teammate. like you were. <laughs> well, I go to, I, well, hold on. Like a good teammate. I go, well, okay, at least I tried. I mean, he's not here. I don't want, look at, I just tell him down the river. He wasn't there yet. Yeah. All of a sudden. I go to the elevator, like by the green room, and it's he's walking right into the level. I think the fifth floor at the garden or wherever floor we're on, and the elevator opens, and Kipper's you know, he's got a couple of his buddies there, and you know Kipper was he was a little he was he was feeling good, like he was feeling he was lathered up. Chilling beers all afternoon. He goes, he goes, I go, you're playing. He goes, what? I go, you're playing. Keenan said you play. He goes, oh, he goes, take care of my friends here. I'm like, take care of your friends. What do you want me to do? <laughs> so Kipper goes in. I didn't, did you take warm ups that night or no? I don't know. Oh. Yeah, it's uh, unbelievable. I threw up, I I threw up my up. chili after my second shift. Oh, yeah, my God. We were cheering for you, though, buddy. Uh, we were for you. All right, get out of here, you crazy. <laughs> all right, love you guys. Thanks, Thanks Edzo. I don't. I like him clarifying your stories for us. This is good. We got a fact checker. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, just, in, I'm in the ballpark. I, I don't think there's any breed of hockey, t- of storytellers 
like hockey guys. Oh, I think man. hockey guys tell the stories the best. Oh, like, yeah. I, like of any sport, I you really know what, think and they're the best. It's also generational though, because I know current hockey players. It's not like hearing my dad and his buddies tell stories. Though, I mean, it's unbelievable how good they are at it. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that was amazing. I'm, I'm dying back here. That was great. We should probably break. We gotta get the old stretch. Okay. Who do we have coming up? Andy Strickland. Andy Strickland. Talk about another uh, struggling team. I know you guys love doing that. Oh, boy. St. Louis Blues. Listen, if the Leafs don't play, we got to talk about some teams. Is this not worse than what they experienced uh, the year they won the Cup? It's got to be right right there. This has got to be worse. So we'll ask Andy after the break and and how he got Barry Trotz in hot water, especially here in Toronto. Real Kipper and Bourne after the break. Heard the man. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, waiting on Andy Strickland, host of 590 The Fan, KFNS, co-host of the Cam and Strick podcast. And the Blues have lost JB eight in a row. This is a team that I don't know if we would have had the Blues rolling off our tongue like we would on a few other clubs in the Western Conference, but certainly expected them to be in the thick of things. Playoff team, for sure, right? You look at that division, it was Minnesota, Colorado, and St. Louis to me preseason, but here we are. All right, let's welcome in Andy. Strick, how are you, pal? Uh, Kipper, couldn't be better today, man. It's uh, it's actually like the, the last nice day of the year. Like, it's supposed to be a high in the 30s coming up this weekend, so it's it's nice weather. Another home game here tonight. We'll see if the Blues can turn it around, man. This is a new territory, you know, having lost eight straight. So different times here in the loop for sure. So how does this feel or compare to what they went through when they won the Cup in 2018? Yeah. Uh, 19. Yeah, you know. 19. Listen, uh, yeah, I don't know if it really compares. I mean, it compares, I guess, in the sense that, yeah, things were down in the dumps that year. They didn't get off to a good start that season either. You know, they made the coaching change, so nobody expected, you know, the team to, you know, ended up, you know, end up doing what they ultimately did. You know, Jordan Bennington wasn't with the team. In fact, when he got called up, he actually sat on the bench for a couple of weeks before he ever even got his first start. So that was such a crazy season in so many different ways. I guess, you know, you look at it right now, the reality is, though, Kipper, is that, you know, you still have a core group of players that, you know, on paper are really good hockey players. And they've been productive hockey players throughout the course of their NHL careers. And and there's, there's still kind of this belief that, you know, this team is capable of getting themselves out of it. I mean, even if you look at the standings today, I think they sit seven points out of a playoff spot. I think they have a game in hand on just about every team in the Western Conference. Um, you know, the games they have the rest of this month, the most of the you know, majority, overwhelming majority of those games are coming up against teams that are out of the playoff picture. But, you know, they're not playing good hockey either. They're not scoring five on five. Offensively, it's been a struggle. Uh, they're, they're defending at a, at a horrific level right now. I mean, you look at the statistics, all of them, just in terms of how they're defending goals against, uh, you know, rush chances against, slot passes against, inner slot shots against. I mean, all, all that everything that would point towards, you know, a team that is known for playing strong defense, they're not even defending well. So uh, I guess it's a little bit different because nobody saw what took place back in 2019. Nobody, you know, would have in their wildest dreams would have thought that would happen. This team, I, I still think maybe there's a little bit of belief just based on, you know, who this core group is that's in place right now. 
Let's check. I, I look at this roster and their lines and their D pairs, and it's like, that's a good hockey team. Like, I just don't see any way that it's not, and something feels off. How long is the runway, though, before you start going, uh, you know, we're just falling too far behind here to catch up and have a Stanley Cup-type season? You give these guys another three weeks of hockey like this, is it time to sell off parts, or what do you think for a runway? Well, first off, you're right. I mean, I'm watching the – before they left for Boston, I'm watching practice the other day. And, again, listen, they had some injuries here in the early going. Buchnevich got hurt. I think he missed five or six games. Uh, Brandon Saad was out of the lineup. And, you know, just by taking those guys out of the lineup, and they're both back now, but even one at a time, I mean, it just changes things based on who you're inserting in the lineup. You move Shen from being your third-line center to sliding him over to the wing where he's playing with Ryan O'Reilly, and now you're just not nearly as deep up the middle and you don't look nearly as deep as a team. And so I'm with you. I mean, when they have their full complement of players, I mean, offensively specifically, uh, there's not many teams that could throw out four lines like this team is capable of doing, but in terms of the runway, man, it's a tough question because, you know, you can you know say you're going to sell off this guy and that guy. And they've got a lot of, you know, big time names that are in the final year of their contracts, like Tarasenko and Ryan O'Reilly and Ivan Barbashev, who's coming off of a 60 point season. He scored 26 goals last year. Big part of the Stanley Cup winning team a few years, years ago. You know, he scored 14 goals that year, primarily playing a fourth line role throughout the entire season. Now he's elevated himself where, you know, he's in a top nine situation and, you know, he gets some power play time as well. But the puck isn't going in the net for him either. But, you know, making trades. You know, it's difficult to do for a couple of reasons. First off, maybe teams that are struggling, um, that are out of the playoff picture, maybe they'd be willing to move a contract for your contract. But, you know, when you're talking about O'Reilly and Tarasenko and these guys, I mean, they have no trade clauses. Uh, They're not going to accept a trade to a team that they don't want to go to or that you would consider a non-contender. And typically those deals don't happen this time of year. Anyway, so, um, you know, what happens over the course of the next three weeks is going to tell a lot. But, you know, Doug Armstrong came out the other day and he said, hey, the head coach isn't going anywhere. You know, believe he's in the first year of a contract extension. Um, So he's made that clear that the coach isn't in danger of uh, losing his job. They just made some moves where they sent some guys down to the minors. They called some guys up. Josh Levo is going to play tonight on a line with Ryan uh, O'Reilly. They've got uh, Nikita uh, Alexandrov, who's a former draft pick, who's going to make his NHL debut tonight playing on the fourth line. So, you know, we'll see if those changes make any impact whatsoever. But in terms of big changes, I I just don't see those happening until deeper into the season. We're talking to Andy Strickland, co-host of the Cam and Strick podcast. There's no question that the veterans are the key here still for the St. Louis Blues, but there was a sense, uh, Andy, that... uh, the likes of a Robert Thomas uh, would take over at some point. He's got two goals in 11 and Jordan Cairo is minus 17, man. That's not a plus minus. That's a wind chill factor. Ooh, that's a, that's a Canadian wind chill. We don't get that type of wind chill down here, Kipper. Uh, <laughs> I mean, look at O'Reilly's plus minus too. I, I don't think O'Reilly's had a game this season where he's been a plus player. You know, and he and Kyrou have played a lot this season together, although they've moved Kyrou with Braden Shen the last couple of games, you know, you know, being a winger on Shen's line. And those two guys appear to have some chemistry together. And, you know, Kyrou's probably coming off of his two best games, even though the puck may not be going into net. You know, listen, he signed a big contract. And I think a lot of people looked at it and hmm, they were wondering, is this a little premature to give him that deal? He gave Robert Thomas the contract. But I think if you're Doug Armstrong, you've got to look at it like, hey, you know, Kyrou has the ability where 
you know, he could lead the team in scoring this year. Then he's got Arbright, and we just gave this other player a contract at 8.1. So what could he be looking at all of a sudden if he leads the team in scoring and you know improves on his numbers from last year where he had 27 goals and 74 points or 75 points, somewhere like that. So you know they, 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 they're earning the same money now. You know, they came off their entry-level contract and both signed identical bridge deals, two-year contracts at 2.9 per year, and then they signed them to identical eight-year contracts. And with the cap going up, you know, they were thinking that, hey, maybe these could be bargain deals, you know, two, three, four years down the road if the salary cap all of a sudden reaches north of $100 million and you have these guys that are putting up 75, 80 points, you know, making 8.1. But they haven't gotten off to good starts. Um, you know, last season, Thomas had incredible chemistry playing with Buchnevich and Tarasenko, and it just hasn't been there. I mentioned Buchnevich's injury, so, you know, that probably derailed it just a little bit. But, you know, these guys, you know, the puck is just a magnet on their stick when they're on their game. And they, you know, every shift that they're on the ice for, they're in the offensive end, and they're using the width of the ice. I mean, the passing that we saw from these three in particular last season was incredible, and we just haven't seen that from these guys this year. So, Again, all really good players, um, and, and Thomas, you know, got off to a slow start last year as well, at least from a goal-scoring standpoint. You just yeah, – the only hope is, guys, it's been so shocking to see this team get off to the type of start that they got off to now. I can't sit here and tell you with certainty that they're going to, you know, play themselves out of it, mm-hmm. but that's what they're hoping. You know, they're hoping that they're capable of doing that, and they're going to get another opportunity here tonight against San Jose. I mentioned all the games they have coming up against the teams that are sitting out of the playoff picture, although they go to Vegas next. But they've got some other games that you look at and say, well, these are real winnable games, and they have an opportunity to maybe go on a little bit of a run right now. I mean, nobody's running away with it right now, at least in the division or certainly in the conference. So, I mean, those are the positive ways to look at it, and you guys know how it is, man. you got to try to find the positive, especially working in local television right now. You're covering the team all the time, you know, on the, on the local broadcast. You, yeah. you try to find a way to present the positive, um, but getting a win would certainly help us do that. Well, we're finding positives. The fan base for the Toronto Maple Leafs are finding positives in St. Louis's failures by going, Ryan O'Reilly, huh? He's an expiring deal, is he? I wonder if they, you know, how is he looking like a, a step slower? Do you think there's a chance that this guy is someone who could get traded? I, I, like, what do you think when you hear Toronto Maple Leafs fans looking to poach Ryan O'Reilly out of St. Louis? Well, I would imagine a lot of teams would want to get their hands on Ryan O'Reilly. I yeah. mean, if you're looking slower, listen, he's not looking quicker, I'll tell you that. I mean, he's not <laughs> going to get any quicker. Yeah. But one thing he can do is impact the game in other areas, even when he's not scoring, because of his work ethic, his intelligence as a hockey player, who can win big face-offs. He won 80% of his draws the other night in Philly, but even before that, he was struggling at the face-off. I think he won 20% of his face-offs against the Boston Bruins. And we're not used to seeing that. His ice time has been down a little bit. I mean, guys, he really misses not having David Braun. Um, you know, O'Reilly wants to play with guys who want to play that small area game, the little short, little quick, little, you know, give and goes, the five-foot passes. You know, he was playing with Kairou to start the season. And, you know, Kairou wants to stretch the ice. He wants to go. And, and that was a tough fit for O'Reilly. And they, they tried to force that chemistry, and it just didn't work. It just didn't happen. So I do think he misses a player – with the intelligence and the experience that a guy like David Perron brings to the table. So if you can find somebody like that for a rally to play with, I mean, there's no question this guy has a lot of hockey left. And I'm not certain that the Blues are willing or are ready to turn the page on their captain. I mean, he's meant so much to this team. 
And, uh, you know, he had two goals to the first 13 games last season, ended up at 21 goals and 58 points. He's gotten off to a slow start. It's not like he can't climb out of it, like he's not capable. He still gets the ice time in terms of power play and offensive zone starts and all that. Like, he has every opportunity to still produce. But at the end of the day, you know, he's got to do it. And, you know, trying to find line mates for him to mesh with without David Perron here has been a little bit of a struggle. And Kyrie struggled with it too, man. I mean, I talk to opposing coaches all the time. Like, how do you attack St. Louis? Well, they always say, hey, you got to stop Ryan O'Reilly. And you got to put your most competitive players on the ice against Ryan O'Reilly because he's so competitive. Well, I think that was a challenge for a guy like Kyrie. Kyrie last season, they could maybe hide him a little bit, slide him down the lineup. And now they have him on the third line playing with Shen, and maybe he gets better matchups for himself as a result because having him on the ice facing – you know, the other team's top defensive pair or, you know, facing the other team's top players. Listen, that was a challenge for a guy like Jordan Kyrie, who probably hadn't been used to that prior to this season. Andy, there's uh, another centerman that maybe uh, a fan base might be scratching their heads on, on, on what it, uh, his future might be. And that's Bo Horvat. Now Bo's, I think five years younger than Ryan O'Reilly, but is there any, uh, head scratching there saying we have to keep them. And if so, what would a soon to be 32 year old be looking at and can they afford it? Yeah. Um, and, and that's a, it's an unbelievable question, Kipper. I mean, uh, I, I don't know that answer because he's making 7.5 right now. How much of a discount is he willing to sign for? And what are you signing? Are you signing a guy who's going to be your third line center? That's a 12-goal scorer, 15-goal scorer maybe. I mean, who's not capable of getting back to that 20-goal production. You know, Robert Thomas is going to be your number one center moving forward. So, you know, how is Newport Sports and how is Ryan O'Reilly looking at this? Listen, you know they've talked. It's not like they haven't had conversations. And, and, and obviously they haven't reached an agreement up to this point. Historically, when Newport has gotten involved, um, with big-time players here in St. Louis, like an Alex Petrangelo, as an example. It hasn't necessarily ended very well. They weren't able to get the deal done with David Backus a few years back. I mean, those are the last two captains before Ryan O'Reilly. Um, so, hey, listen, we all know it comes down to term for sure for a guy who's 32 who's not getting any quicker. I think the term is almost more important than the actual money. Um, and money is always important. We know that. But you, you certainly can't go more than – than, than three years. If, I, if I'm Doug Armstrong, I, I wouldn't think that he'd be comfortable with that. Even throughout the course of his time here, he's not overly comfortable with giving guys term who are into their 30s. He's very careful with that. Another reason as to why David Perron is no longer here, and now he's playing in Detroit. So you know, this is going to be something very interesting to pay attention to. But I also look at it like if Ryan O'Reilly continues to struggle from an offensive standpoint, maybe that takes the heat off of, Doug Armstrong, because you're not going to have the fan base pounding the table, being like, you have to resign this guy. I think the fan base may look at it and be like, hey, maybe that money can be spent, spent elsewhere, too. So, again, I just don't think we're there yet. We don't have all those answers, but as you can see, we're thinking about it, and we're starting to, to at least lay the groundwork for what this could look like moving forward this season. All right, Strick, last one for me, and I can't let you out of here without asking about starting a firestorm in Toronto with Barry Trotz. Uh, tell us yeah. about, tell us how that experience <laughs> went know, down. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, Kipper. Just, just how was it framed? Did he, uh, like, volunteer that information? Were you guys fishing for it? Give us a, a frame 
of of how that conversation ended up to Justin's point, uh, making some headlines. Kipper, I can't believe you didn't listen to the entire podcast. I mean, you didn't listen to the entire. <laughs> no, you know what? I think I was conditioning my hair that day or something. I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> You're drinking those uh, those drinks of yours, man. Like, yes, I don't blame the you. Buddhas. So the little Buddhas. Um, so I, I, listen, it, it was a couple different things. I mean, I asked if he'd be interested in coaching in Canada, you know, because you know there's some Canadian teams that were struggling at the time of the interview. Toronto was certainly one of them. Oh, you set him up. That, you know, you don't have to <laughs> and, tell us anything more. You just set him up. And and then you know it, the 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 answer evolved into. Oh, and I and I did say, you know, how how difficult do you think it is? Would you want to be under the microscope like that and deal with that day to day pressure that a lot of these Canadian head coaches deal with, just by coaching in Canadian cities? And he did say one thing that he that has always intrigued him that he's never had the opportunity to do that he would really want. I'm kind of paraphrasing. I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but he, he would love the opportunity to one day coach an original sixteen. That's something he hasn't done. We also talked about later in the conversation about the potential of him, you know, maybe one day becoming a general manager, that he feels like he could be a GM and he doesn't want to shut the door on potentially becoming a general manager. I do think he loves it in Nashville. He's back in Nashville. They just bought a new house there. His wife loves it there. He's helping his daughter get her business off the ground in Nashville. Um, so it's going to take a lot for him to get himself out of there. But, I mean, listen, he said it. Those were his words. Coaching an original 16 is something he's never done and something that I think he would have a lot of interest in if that situation would present itself. All right. I think they call that leading the witness. Oh, yeah. no, no. Yeah, you could get disbarred for that sometimes. <laughs> Andy, really appreciate your time, man. Thanks for doing this. Okay. Anytime, guys. Have a great day. Thanks so much. Andy Strickland, Cam and Strick Podcast. It is a great listen, and if you aren't, uh, conditioning your hair or sorting out your sock drawer. Uh, have a listen, for sure. <laughs> okay. I uh, love the idea. The idea, I haven't watched many Blues games, so he, he, him talking about Ryan O'Reilly, but third-line senator on the Toronto Maple Leafs, Ryan what's, O'Reilly. Uh, what's Ryan's contract at? Because 7.5. Seven All right, so Expiring. by the trade deadline, you might have to owe two and a half on it. Right, but uh, you still take two. the hit. So the the cap hit is still the same, right? Like yes. the seven point five. But you can get the actual owing on the contract down and all that. Yeah, right. I get uh, every day that goes by. Yeah, less money's owed. Less money, more room. Yeah. So that's why nothing is happening, and nothing will happen next month. Nothing will happen probably before Christmas. And then people start shopping in the new year, Hate set it. themselves up. Listen, he's Brian O'Reilly. He seven and a half. If you can make them a trade to eat half of that, say your season's not going anywhere just for the rest of this year, you guys hang on to 3.75. Take a first or first rounder and Nick Robertson. Go enjoy. Take them. That's great for them. And we're going to have Ryan for half a season. Is Ryan O'Reilly a third line centerman now? On the Toronto Maple Leafs behind uh, well, Matthews and yeah, yeah. Tavares. Your current third-line center is Pierre Engvall, so <laughs> probably take O'Reilly. Uh, I, listen, I'd, I'd love him on my team. I just don't I, – I, I would think that he would challenge on some nights John Tavares for a key face-off in the offensive zone. And what's wrong with that? 
It's great. Yeah, I'm with you. The one guy's clicking well, one I'm pay, night. I'm paying the other guy $11 million. Ah. And now you've bumped him down to the third line. Well, guess what? His checks are still going to clear the next year. So, <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, Go ahead, Sammy. I just surprised they suck. I am surprised they suck. I'm just just like looking at their roster, top line. Buchnevich, Thomas, Tarasenko. Next line. Sod, O'Reilly, Levo. I mean, Levo. Sod, what's Sod, Levo O'Reilly. Got called up. Barbashev, Shen, Kairou is third line. Listen to that line. I mean, really good. D pairs, Letty, Pareko, Krug, Falk. I mean, they got players. They're good. Yeah. Very weird to me that they stink. It's just not, well, I wasn't ready for it. Listen, um, go back to our earlier conversation with uh, Seattle. How many guys in the lineup have eight or more points for Seattle? I mean, I have no idea. Take a guess. They're doing well. All of them. Six. Five. Six. Eleven. Oh, that's a lot. How many on the Toronto Maple Leafs? Have eight or more points? Yeah. I'm going to say seven. I like that. Five. Mm. How many on St. Louis? Three. Two. Bingo. (laughs) Yeah, they're not scoring at all. It's not hard. Goal differential of minus 20 right now. Minus 20 through 11 games. And how about Jordan? How's Jordan's season going? Benning- Bennington? Bennington. I don't know. You're, you're, you're the stat head. I'm a, I am. I'm, a, I'm an analytics guy right now. <laughs> well, he's, pouring through his, 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 he's pouring through his Bible I print off for him every day. Yeah. Every stats. day. I love I'm it. evolving. He does use it. I know. Makes me happy that Did he uses it. Did you hear what he just played, Derek? Uh, One more time, please. I'm evolving. <laughs> it's great. Or I'm revolving, one of the two. <laughs> I'm revolving. Uh, so or my head's revolving. In, in eight games played for Jordan Bennington, he is a 3-3-7 goals against and an 8-8-6 save. Next question, how is Vili Huso doing, the guy they traded away when they chose Bennington over him? I think pretty well because the, they've had a nice start to the year, haven't they, the, the Red Wings? The Red my, Wings are My doing... buddy Keegan just hammers yes, me all day long they with are. that. So, uh, yeah, uh, I would say in eight games – he is doing very well. Seven, three, and three, Detroit. He's a five. He's a five. He's, sorry, he's got five, one, and zero. Oh. This is a challenge so far. Yes, he's played <laughs> eight games. He's won five of them. Uh, lost two in overtime. And you know who had he's got a, a? He's got a goals against of one eight eight and a save percentage of nine four one. So that's pretty good. Forty one. And you know who had a bounce back game? Jack Campbell. I know Kipper. You know what? I haven't had the chance to read a column. I heard there's a new column in the Toronto Star. There is a new yeah. column in the Toronto Star. Sammy has... Inspired? I haven't read it. Very much inspired my column. We all get inspired by the people <laughs> and things around us as writers. That's I had one, one of the lines, and you can uh, go to uh, my at Real Kipper on Twitter and pull it up. But one of the lines that I wrote today was, while some might be basking in Jack Campbell's <laughs> early struggles with the Oilers, I'm not one of them. <laughs> Who do you think I'm talking about, Sammy? I have to say, I'm so excited to finally have my debut in the Toronto Star. <laughs> I told Sammy I gave him a pep talk today. I was like, don't let Kipper or anyone tell you how you're supposed to feel about Jack Campbell. You go on being a hater. Haters ball. Be the be the president. I saw of the some. Club. I saw someone. Tweet, oh, I hate that guy too. I, when you tweeted that story out, I someone saw someone say, 
who in Leafs Nation could possibly hate on Jack Campbell? What a monster would do that. I'm like, <laughs> just, oh. He's got two oh thumbs God. and hates him. I totally set you up there. That's all right. I, I am care. pulling a strick on Barry <laughs> Trotz right there. <laughs> Led the, the, the witness. Hey, we have, a, we have a clip from TNT last night, Ovi, the one that you sent uh, about him getting asked by Crosby. Do you want to play that clip? Sure. Really good. Let's talk about it. Have some fun with this one. So I got a question from Sidney Crosby himself. So this is Crosby talking. Everyone always asks us about playing each other, but what if we were line mates? Who are you taking as a third player? Are you sure he say that? <laughs> yes, I am sure. Okay. Uh, he probably wants uh, Mario Lemieux. <laughs> he probably. But uh, I'll take my... Uh, if we play together, I'd probably take Brush, Brush here. Why would you take Donald Brush here? Well, we need some protections, you know. We need some uh, freedom out there. <laughs> so if somebody's going to touch us, you know, it's, it's not going to be fun. Awesome. Thanks, Alex. Yeah, thank you. Uh, it just warms my heart for the, for the tough guy, the fourth liner. He the knows. It, 2022. Is anyone calling Ovi a dinosaur right now? Nobody? I, he had the full complement of NHL historical players, and he went with Donald Brashear. He's Don like, we're, we're going to do enough, Sid and I. Okay, he's scoring goals until he's 90 with Brashear. <laughs> Donald it's a terrible selection, man. His, he Tom he Wilson. He's got Tom Wilson he on his actual he, line. He, he, what he's saying is, I just... We don't need help. Just, eh, I'm fine on my own. The best part of the don't clip by far is him being like, he said that? Like, clearly sure those that? two, I, like, sure Sid, that? they don't like each other. No like, way. surely Sid has said so much garbage about him, and Ovi's like, I know what that guy thinks of me. He didn't say, what if we they played together? They clearly hate each other's guts, and yeah. you would Early. too. I still think. I think they hate Are you each kid? other. I think, Come on, Kipfer. I don't know how much you would hate him I think him Sid now. calls him a Putin-loving I despise that dude. Uh, no, I, no, no, I, I wouldn't go there. Like, I, they, listen, he could have his feelings over that whole political you know, Putin thing for sure, uh, as many do. But come on, how do you not respect that guy and what he's been able to do at his age now and not, like r knocking on Wayne Gretzky's goal-scoring record and still on many nights be the best player, the most physical player, the biggest threat to score a goal? He's a highlight how, how machine. Can, how can Sid, you know, if Sid parks that whole thing, you know, how, do you, how does he not marvel at... at at Ovi. That whole, everything, take everything you just said, and does athletic performance have, have to do with how you should feel about a guy? Like, maybe Sid goes, yeah, he's good at doing hockey, but I still hate the man. Like, I don't want well, him to I, do well. It go, And then, I think, not for nothing, the classic... But are you, are you talking about just strictly that Putin thing? No. Or, or just what... Ah, I don't what, know. You what, don't have to like everyone. It's, it's, Why do you have to like everyone? He's a direct competitor. They've, they've been played, MFing each other up and down for 15 years. They, yeah, and they've played the together at against each other at every level here. They've played in the Olympics against each other. Like, they, Sid owns them. I mean, o it's Washington, o Pittsburgh. Uh, that's what I mean. Ever. Ovi probably hates Sid more than Sid hates Ovi. Sid's probably say. cost Ovi two Stanley Cups. You, you guys got a different vibe than I do right now on this. There's also the element, I think, that they're going to be forced to be pals because they're going to get older and tell their stories together sure. and go to the hall of fame and people are, they're going to be at events as you know, they're going to be, I get the idea that you would respect I the don't other think, guy. Yeah, I don't know. No, you would know, you would know that, this better that, than that, I would. That they would. And you would the, even the, know the vibe better. There's a very good chance. One's going to outlast the other and they won't go in the hall of fame together.
Right. And they're they're linked in our hockey world. They are are Larry Bird, Magic Johnson. Didn't want Michael in that one. No, Michael. Is uh, Bob no, the Frey? It was, it was it, it, at, at the at the real peak yeah. of the start of superstardom in the NBA. Those two. Those two. Okay. Linked. Yeah, they are. They are linked because it's a great story. Um, and I, I get the idea of like as you get older, there's less fear that the other guy is going to take from you the things that define you. Like you know, you they both got their Stanley Cups now. They both won a bunch of individual well, awards. One has cups. The other one has a cup. cup. <laughs> has cup. But yeah, I I can see how as they would get older, your opinion of the other guy would soften and it would turn to respect a little bit for mm. the battles and the endurance and knowing what it takes to be at the top of the ga- your game in the toughest sport in the world, really, in our humble opinion here as hockey guys. So yeah. I get it. I get and, your points. Yeah, and it's just the hockey part is a wow out of Ovi. It's just a wow. And again, yeah. at his age and the mileage and hit, watching him hit Jan Bruda oh last night God. like a bug on a windshield. Steamrolled. Oh, he's just so much man. Yeah. <laughs> he really is. So a big guy. Quickly, I just wanted to go back to Donald Brashear's uh, Hockey DB page, which if you're a Hockey DB guy, it's a great page. But I just, I was marveling at his 97-98 season with the Vancouver Canucks in 77 games. He had nine goals, nine, nine assists. Nice year. 372 penalty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't imagine like pregame now and go to the rink every night. I was the night before, night before in Montreal, knowing he's in the lineup, and it's like, uh, really, (laughs) really. Are you guys just get this over with? You guys overlap. Um, I would probably be a little older. How old is he? He's fifty. Oh yeah, I'm handful a few years older. He's, but like. You know, you played a physical role and get in after pucks and hit and fight and, you know, whatever. Yeah. But, like, Rashir is straight heavy. Just huge. Yeah, he was a heavy. He was the heavyweight there for sure. He's just huge like that. Yeah, it was, there was no doubt about it, his role. It's not that you wouldn't fight those guys. <laughs> no. His last year in junior, he had 18 goals and 42 points and 283 penalties. In 65 games, how is there enough ice time? Yeah. Like, what is Very he, busy. Honestly, every shift something happened. So... Ovi and Sid still at a tremendously high level and on organizations that have doubled down on we still have a chance to win a cup with this group, mm-hmm. but the standings may say otherwise here. Which team has a better chance of missing the window? You know, I, I think Washington's in trouble partially because of injuries. Like, they're... Banged up. Like, Backstrom doesn't look like he's coming back. No, he does, soon. actually. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah, okay, there's well, been a bit of a change. change my There's been a bit answer. of a change on the feeling of Backstrom and how hard he wants to come back. And I don't know if there was anything different about the surgery compared to anything else, but I don't know. The word is maybe that uh, he might be feeling a little better than uh, what they anticipated. So okay. we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there. I still just feel like this Penguins team, I look at the the roster beyond, you know, it's Sid and Malkin and Latang, of course, but beyond that, I think Gensel's a nice player. You like Brian Rust. 
you know, there's a couple guys that defend fairly well. I, I, I like their team. It's like St. Louis where I'm like, I don't see this team ending up where they are in the standings. There's They're a- seventh in the division. They're a plus one goal differential. They're not garbage. That division doesn't, uh, there's, I mean, Philly's going to drop out, right? You'd imagine that they'd be the team that's going to drop out of that yes. picture. But then seven, three and two Carolina's good. Islanders pretty good. Yeah. Jersey seems to be pretty good. Like it's going to be tough for them to get in. They're maybe looking like wild cards. Like there really is a tough division now. Rangers yeah, are Rangers scuffling. were going to be yeah. like, you know, well, obviously cup final. I mean, they're scuffling. Or sorry. Conference final. Yeah. yeah. No, they're, uh, they're, they're still, they're still a good team too, though. So and, it's a tough division. And then Jersey is just fast. Yeah. Like they, they just play incredibly fast. They have to be the fastest looking team right I now agree. in the league. I agree. You, f- did you cover them last night? No, I've watched them a number of times this year, though, and I'm with you that they just they fly up and down the rank. They're young. They're oh, they're speedy. Yeah, they're like water they're, bugs. Yeah, oh. the Rangers are. Watched quick. them against uh, Calgary the second on the hockey night in Canada on Saturday night. Yeah, and they were down three one to Calgary, and they like you said, they just flew past them for two periods and won the game. They just they really really. Calgary fly. might be a little slow. That might be a reasonable yep. criticism of them. Yep. But uh, oh, Jack Eichel tonight in uh, in Buffalo. Jack Second Eichel time, right? returns to Buffalo. Last time he was there, he had that awkward, like, that's a lot of, I've heard their crowd in five years. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Remember, and everyone was like, whoa, bud. Like, and oh, she dumped you. Yeah. Move on. Like, <laughs> I forgot about that. What a punk. <laughs> they we won't had, forget. We had, we have Peters come on the show and just absolutely oh, yeah. shredded him. Oh, yeah. It was like, he's a baby oh, and uh, yeah. Buffalo's happy he's gone and. They really boo him, though. That'll add to the story for sure. Oh, oh he's they're getting, booing him. They oh, hate oh, yeah. him. You know what's crazy to me is I can't think of prior to like recent days, guys spending long periods of time at a franchise as a franchise player and then having it all puff, go up and smoke like it never happened. Like Eichel, John Tavares in uh, Long Island, Gaudreau in Calgary. Some people feel that way yeah. about him. Yeah. Like, are they. Going to get to a Vince Carter at the Raptors point where everyone goes, all right, they were pretty good when they were here. Tavares can come back and drop the puck. The the boy. Are you there with Vince Carter? Absolutely uh, not. There, there are Always. people that go, no, 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 you, you quit on us. Yeah. You know what, though? The, the bulk of public sentiment is not that. Your boy behind the mic will never forget. Yeah. Ever. There, yeah, there's, there's a lot of him. Yeah. But, yeah, and remember, he hates Jack Campbell. But Vince is the Who did nothing wrong. No, I, but... No one hurt me like Vince Carter hurt me when I was a kid. Fair. When he quit and wouldn't dunk and then, like, force his way out, that – there's few things that have scarred – Cujo leaving and that are, like, the two pillars of heartbreak. But you would agree that public sentiment, the, the they cheer for him now at oh, Raptors yeah. games. Like, yeah. he's People he's have, welcomed yeah. – It does explain why Tavares Sam is, is the persona way he is. non grata. Like, he's not welcome in Long Island after years well, of not being there. Goodrow, yeah, well, Eichel, like it's crazy. And I wonder if eventually people will soften and go, "Okay, Eichel is pretty darn good in Buffalo when we were bad." My Sabres are they're they're scuffling a bit. Lost Do you think three, it's cuz they're not great? Lost 3 in a row. Got the best team in the league coming in tonight. Big night for my Sabres. Let's see if they got it. Tage oh, Thompson right. game log. Let's see if this guy's still <laughs> oh, scoring a thousand down. points Tage per Lemieux? second. Come on. <laughs> Tage Lemieux. Charlie McAvoy ah, back tonight? He is. He is Charlie McAvoy. And they got Calgary. They're, uh, yeah, they're way better than we thought. Boston? Boston, yes. <laughs> it's just. There was a ton of people who had them out of the playoffs. I may have been one of them. I don't recall. But I definitely had them as a wild card team. 
and mm. they have looked significantly better than that. And part of the surprise is our guys who you thought were no good write-offs are the opposite. Like DeBrusque, to me, was a guy who's getting traded. He's non-committal. Effective player. Felino, career is over, injury-prone. Effective pr- player. Like they've Krejci played in Krejci, Czechia for I, seven years. Back, good now player. He's good player. Yeah. So refreshing not talking about the Leafs' fourth line today. It was good. <laughs> I, lo- I actually love today's show, boys. I really <laughs> it was, did. It was fun. Did you? I did. Well, we're going back to Malgan Talk tomorrow. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> All right, our thanks to, uh, oh, my God, we're, like, how many guests do we have? 13. Ten. Oh, my God. Andy Strickland, Eddie Olchuk, Jason York, and all of you. Give us a rating and review. We'd love to hear from you. Real Kipper and Born, back again tomorrow. Have a great night, everybody.